Hello, and welcome to another episode of Oconus, The Contractor's Life. I'm your host, Scott Dresser. My guest today is Patrick Batchelder. He is a former member of the United States Army. Um, he's a tank commander, later uh, worked in PSYOPs, after getting out, turned to contracting overseas. Uh, he's been to a number of countries. In fact, he's still contracting. Um, so at the risk of me getting anything wrong, even though he and I have already talked, <laughs> uh, and we've communicated prior to that, I'm going to hear. Patrick, welcome to the show. Thanks. So it's a pleasure having you here. Um, so you've uh, been doing contracting for quite a time now. Um, but prior to getting into that uh, and getting into this, uh, can you, for the folks that are listening, uh, explain to them who you are, what you are, and what you did prior to becoming a contractor. Okay, uh, prior to becoming a contractor, uh, I won't go back uh, too far. I was, uh, <laughs> I was a, uh, a writer, a, a software uh, computer um, writer of books for IBM. And uh, I got a chance there to see um, IBM often rather than hire Permanent people would hire contractors uh, to work or work, and uh, so that's when I got my first um, feel for what uh, the whole contracting situation was. And uh, when I left IBM, um, because I was just getting tired of it, the uh, I took over a, another a company that uh, placed contractors. So I was even uh, knee deep in figuring out how uh, the contracting gig worked. Uh, so by the time uh, I got a call from uh, a company, um, they'd see my my resume on uh, one of the big resume um, accounts like Dice, and uh, they were the ones actually uh, recruiting me. Uh, I've never had to go out and and search for jobs once you get started. So uh, I went to Iraq and um, Kuwait. And uh, I realized at the time, uh, it really, uh, it really helps to have been in the uh, one of the services because uh, it's a, a war and a um, an army um, position like a, a contractor might take. Those are, it's really the, the whole army, the whole defense system is a, a giant bureaucracy, and so. Uh, really, you really have to grasp that. You know, it's not uh, unless you, if you haven't been in the service, uh, it's going to be really quite uh, a quite a new experience. Right, you still there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. So for a lot of folks that haven't been over uh, contracting, yeah, it it is quite a, quite a quite an eye opener, and it rattles a lot of cages. Yeah. <laughs> Agree with that a hundred percent. Well it can still rattle me even if you've done it before. Um Right. So now but you were so so before we get too far, so you were sure. you were in the army. Right. Now that was before or after you went to work for IBM? Before. Okay. So uh, so for for the folks who are listening, can you tell them uh you know, were you enlisted, commission, rank, title, anything like that? Any jobs you did? Uh, what your MOS was? Sure. Anything? Right. Uh, I uh, in uh, college and university, I was in ROTC, so uh, that was uh, 
so then I, I uh, extended my uh, my army commitment to three years. Uh, and I, given that, um, then I was able to choose where I wanted to uh, to, to go, uh, which I picked Germany, of course. Um, and I was a uh, an armor uh, officer and eventually a captain. And during that time, I was a tank commander. And we didn't, uh, I wasn't out in the field that much except for uh, some alerts and those kind of things where they're just uh, practicing how to do it. And then I, uh, I came in and was um, a company commander of a, of a company at, uh, in the Seventh Army uh, Training Center. And uh, after that, I worked on what they call uh, in Germany uh, Range 80, which is the last range for tanks to uh, get tested. Um, and uh, that's uh, all, all tank. Uh, Battalions have to go through that uh, once a year, uh, so that the and I've seen actually I've seen high level officers um, uh, relieved of duty because their um, their battalion didn't score as well as they should have. Hmm. So that that was a very interesting thing too. Again, uh, except that um, the way it worked was you were on three twelve hour days, three twelve hour nights. And then three twelve-hour days off, so it's the kind of thing you really have to be young to do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's not a bad schedule. Those six on, six off. I mean, you know, the the the, the three days, and then the the following day, three nights. You know, you get a little yeah. extra time, and then you get three days off to recoup. Um, yeah. So for anybody that's been in the military, uh, especially as a contractor, if you've been overseas and you've had those 12 to 16 or longer days, six, seven days a week, I'm just saying, some of us would go, you know what, I'll take that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, but I digress. Go ahead. That's okay. I Actually, it was a a 12-hour day. Three twelve-hour days, yeah, and three twelve-hour nights. And so the first day off, all you did was sleep. Right. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't healthy to do that at all, but that's uh, the army doesn't care about that. Um, the uh, the thing about uh, some of those um, those jobs, um, in fact, you don't really um, care whether you're you've been there twelve hours or not. In fact, in Iraq, we work 12-hour days in the PSYOPs. Uh, but you have to get – I think one of the things you have to, to, to be – in your mind, you have to be very flexible. If you walk in and they say, we need the floor mopped, you mop the floor. Or you walk in and you, they say, commanding general is going to be here, then, then that happens too. Uh, of course, everything's different in a war, but um, – uh, that's one thing you can't, as a contractor, it's like, all, the only answer you give these people is, yep, I can do that. Yep, I can do that. <laughs> and, and you do it, even if you don't know how to do it. Right. Many times I've, I've looked at something and said, yeah, I can do that. And then once I got on the job, I thought, I wonder how you do this. <laughs> and I I just started pecking away and figured it out. Right. Uh, Unless it's rocket science, there's probably no contracted job that that you can't do. 
Right. Yeah. No. Well, you know, you hit a that, that's an interesting uh, uh, topic of a discussion. We won't go too far into. But yeah, I mean, there's. I'm sure that there's been plenty of people who have been asked to do something that uh, some would argue was outside their scope, their their, their yeah. defined scope of work, or was yeah. maybe outside their comfort zone in terms of expertise or knowledge. But that's one of those things where you just kind of dig deep. You do your massive uh, research into what they've asked you to do. And, uh, you know, if you've got average intelligence or above, uh, and you're a go-getter, an alpha type, you'll get it done. You'll get it done. That's, you know. Yeah. And the, the other thing, if you constantly remind yourself that every, every job you get, every contracted job to pick up any skill that you can on that job, um, because it goes right back on the resume and right to the next job. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. And at some point, it, it helps to diversify it. And, and that's come up in, in conversations yeah. uh, with other folks is that at some point, you've got to start showing a slightly broader horizon uh, that you've yeah. got more skill sets, you know, or more skills, whatever uh, you however you want to term it. But uh, at some point, you've got to have that. Otherwise, at some point, you know, you're just not – there's no one's going to want to be asking for you, and you're going to be back home flipping burgers. Yeah, um, that's you know, true. So, uh, yeah. so now – so when you – so you so you spent time in uh, – <clears throat> I'm sorry, you mentioned it before, but Iraq, Kuwait, and Tunisia uh, contracting. Uh, so so right. you're – so when you got out of the military – so when – what rank were you, and, and what year did you get out of the Army? I was a captain, and I got out uh... – Gosh, probably before you were born, uh, <laughs> nine, <laughs> 1974. Oh, you're wrong, but I'm not going to oh. give it away. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean, there's people out there that uh, very few people know exactly how old I am, but uh, I, yeah. I, 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 let's just say I look younger than I am. <laughs> okay. uh, I, I, good. I've aged well. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> but, well, one day you're going to wake up and you you realize that the bottom fell out of the barrel. <laughs> well, I, I hope not. Um, you know, uh, hopefully, you know, I'll die a good death. But, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, anyway, so, uh, okay, so what year, so when you first started contracting, it was something totally different. You talked about IBM and, and recruiting yeah. and one thing or another, uh, which is a whole, probably a whole different world in itself. Um yeah. But uh, but that work translated to some extent into what you were doing overseas. Is that correct? Oh, completely, yes. Because uh, even though I really didn't want to do it, I decided to go to the software uh, part of the uh, business uh, because I really didn't know anything about it. But I thought, well, that's where the money is, so that's where I went. And I, I learned it uh, because uh, that's all you can do. Hmm. Uh, you know, you don't, you're not really a Superman, but you've got to have a a personality that um, really wants to, uh, you know, do something. I mean, I always look at it too. You know, people would would say, "Oh, aren't you scared about this or that?" And I say, "No. What can they do? Fire me? You know, <laughs> that's, that's no big deal. I'll just, I, you know, I'll just get a job the next day." <laughs> oh, that's funny, but it's so true. I mean, it, it's kind of like. And anybody who's had children, it's 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 a little easy. And maybe if you remember what it was like the first time you broke yeah. up with your first girlfriend, you yeah. know, I mean, it's, I mean, it's just you can't describe that feeling. But it's 
it, you know, so you get fired from your first job, it's kind of the same sort of feeling. But yeah. after after a while, it's like, whatever, I'll just go get another one. I don't care. I was going to yeah. quit anyway, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, okay, so so now, when, so when you started contracting overseas, yeah. um, you were work, doing what kind of work, and what year was that? Uh, overseas was um, in Iraq during the Second War. And uh, when I showed up, uh, I was hired for my computer skills and website type skills. And uh, so then I found myself in a, a about a eight man unit of psychological operations, hmm. uh, which was fine. Um, and, uh, you know, just worked it out uh, as far as uh, what I was doing. Um, the website I was running was um, was for uh, Iraqis, and um, it uh, was for information. It wasn't for propaganda. It wasn't. Uh, we didn't lie about anything. It was just trying to get the people, particularly the young guys, uh, get their feelings about life kind of elevated, because you know it was really pretty awful over there probably still is. Mm. So go ahead. Yeah, that was the first one. So, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I saw a program not too long ago, uh, recently, uh, within the last one to two months. And I forget which station broadcast it, but uh, a portion of it, at, at one point, one of the guests on that show was saying, was talking about this person, and and they they never said who this person was because they they claimed they don't know who the person is. Okay. And they claimed yeah. they they figured it was they kind of alluded that maybe it was a psyops thing, but there was somebody okay. out there running multiple websites, kind of like what you were describing, that okay. they would yeah. they would read this information, uh, kind of like what we used to do uh, with AFN, you know, and Radio Free Europe and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it was the same sort of thing, but it was online and, and, and you looked at a web page as opposed to listening to it through the radio. So is yeah. that kind of what you're talking mm -hmm. about? Uh, yeah. And, uh, I had to really, uh, you know, figure out who my user base was because, uh, if you're not targeting, you know, the right person, um, uh, it's, it's worthless, but since we were targeting young, um, Iraqi guys, when I say young, probably 18 to 24, uh, we had, uh, pictures and, uh, articles in there on really attractive, uh, Iraqi ladies hmm. <laughs> who were, were not wearing a burqa by any means. Ah. Uh, yeah. And we had a lot of uh, sports and soccer stuff, uh, on it. Uh, so we, you know, we just kind of worked, or me, I worked around, uh, things and we had, one of the things I had was a, uh, had my own satellite dish, so there was no way that anybody knew that it was really uh, the U.S. Army, you know, doing this website. Although we put a disclaimer in there, you you would have had to probably click four or five times down to find out. But we put it in there about the Department of Defense. Uh, we know we didn't want to lie about it. Huh? But I don't think they cared one way or the other. <laughs> well. Yeah, and I think it depends. It depended on on their point of view and, and how invested they were in their community yeah. and the war and, and whether whose side they were on. Um, 
So, uh, okay, so you were you oper- you said an eight man team. Were you operating out of a central facility? Were you were you segregated? Were you on base, no. off base? Oh, we were on base in the <clears throat> one called the Camp Victory. Some of your listeners will probably recognize yeah. that. But yeah, we yeah. But but the CBs came in and built a, a building, a freestanding building for us. Huh. And yeah, and they. Uh, in fact, I helped the colonel uh, paint the inside of the building. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy, and uh, and of course it was it was really highly secured. Nobody could come in uh, except in combinations and that sort of thing. Okay, um, I was going to ask about that. So it, it was a standalone structure, and it was designed specifically in sole exclusive use for you guys, right? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. We, uh, yeah, we had um, one guy, our, our technical guy, uh, he ended up um, having the Army buy really incredible equipment. I mean, mm. we're talking, yeah, and but in a war, uh, it doesn't really matter much. Right. Right. So yeah. uh, just, you know, to, to better complete the picture, you know, and sure. as far as you can, uh, yeah. so was it one of those facilities where you look up and you see that, that, oversized golf ball on it or was it just standard you know satellite dish tv kind of stuff yeah i i actually was the only one that had a satellite uh tv although i had two two green screens I, one of them was um uh, you know highly classified the other one was not quite so classified huh. um, okay. but i think the one that was highly classified i probably could have found um information on there that uh you know the guys download and uh, give to the Washington Post or something. Uh, never thought about it. Huh. Now, uh, speaking of which, so did you guys, I mean, so what was your primary focus day to day? I mean, were, were you, yeah. did, and, did, and did part of it include looking at and reading what other people are posting, writing, and doing? Uh, yes, because every day, it's like any website, it has to be um, – constantly updated or our users won't come back and look at it mm-hmm. so we had to, to go through and uh, you know all the different kind of soccer things and all the different uh, find out who were um, popular singers even though they may not have lived in Iraq um, we uh, we had um, some Iraqis that we could call uh, but they they were taking a real chance of talking to us, but we did have those. Mm. So it gets, kind of gets into a, a real spook thing, if you, you know, if you think in those terms. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, and I, I was pretty. And this is this happened when I was working at uh, for the Marines in Twenty Nine Palms. They a lot of the times the upper command doesn't really know what you're doing or what you're supposed to be doing. Uh-huh. So yeah. And anymore, it got kind of loosey-goosey because when I was working in 29 Palms, uh, we had a, a naval um, security person. And, I mean, she was on top of us all the time. She wouldn't let us bring our cell phones in there or uh, use a USB uh, stick. But uh, during the war and over in Iraq, I mean, I could have I could have downloaded stuff you know, really highly sensitive secret stuff uh, because everybody was using UB, UBS, USB sticks because we were porting from the, the 
top secret side over to the not so top secret side, which of course we weren't supposed to do. But I just uh, did what I was told. Huh? <laughs> so yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, so uh, an average day, if you can have an average day, average day to day thing. Uh, what was that like for you from the time you woke up until the time you went to sleep? Okay. Uh, actually, I woke up uh, for the first six months in an army tent made for 15 guys, but they decided to put 30 of us in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and uh, luckily, everybody complained about my snoring. I didn't. I couldn't hear anything. Ah. But uh, I guess we set our clocks. I don't remember. I just, all I remember one time. Around came in uh, close to the mess hall or dining facility, and uh, and literally knocked us out of our beds. Wow! <laughs> yeah, that was like oh boy. Uh, so you guys were parked, you know, sleeping that close to yeah. the defect. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So and now, the, when you said victory, now are you talking yeah. before it became VBN or uh, VBS, Victory Base? You know, uh, that was that last letter, the Vic yeah. VBC, I'm sorry, VBC, Victory Base Complex. So so you're talking about before it grew into that big palatial area that it became. When I was there, it was it was huge. We had uh, within Camp Victory, we had, uh, I guess they must have called it Camp Striker. Okay, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, really large, yeah. I mean, between the PX, it had a Burger King, it had a Subway, it had uh, – uh, barbershop, um, it, it had everything. Okay, uh, yeah. So, okay, yep, yep, yeah. <clears throat> wow. Uh, yeah. So, so I'm sorry. So, so back. So, so your yeah. day begins early in the morning. You wake up. Yeah, I think we probably got up at six, and then uh, the uh, one of the things strange. You have to the the the, the places the the bathrooms. Uh, we say have one for men and one for women, but they're like trailers. So you have to go out and walk to the uh, to, to the trailer if you want to shave or take a shower or whatever. And uh, they, uh, you know, sometimes you, you had to watch it because you might decide to walk over to your boxer shorts and then uh, some woman in the army would, would pass you, you know, but. Oops. You know, yeah, nobody said anything. <laughs> nobody got in trouble. Uh, and uh, so after you uh, took care of that, and the, another interesting thing was, uh, and, and this has happened in the last few, uh, 10 years, I don't know, uh, all the guys in the Army come in, you know, they're volunteers. So they're, believe it or not, they're really modest. Like there's, there's separate shower stalls. It's not a commune, a big, you know, shower and they they never like stand there shaving without anything on. I mean, you mm -hmm. know, I'm just I'm used to uh, I guess a different era. I don't know. Right. When we went through, it was yeah, it was a, it was a whole different thing. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So then I we go to the mess hall, and uh, and the mess hall was like nothing you'd ever seen. Uh, you could I mean you couldn't name something that wasn't there. Mm. Uh, people from the south had uh, collard greens. Uh, Grits, uh, and then the, the uh, contractors from India ran the mess halls, and uh, they uh, had French made French pastries. And of course, the place was open 24 hours a day. Mm. 
and uh, it was uh, it was fabulous. And then at holidays like Thanksgiving, they did ice ice sculptures, these huge ice sculptures. Wow. Uh, yeah. And, and I, the thing that I thought about looking at, it, I, thought, I was just thinking about God, all the money. And then <laughs> later on, I found out that during the war, when I was in, over there, they were spending eight hundred million a week. Huh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think I do remember seeing some ice sculptures now that you mentioned. I kind of had okay. forgot about that. I didn't see yeah. a lot of them. And I always wondered, okay. how the heck do these things last as long as they do? I mean, you know, but they're in the DFAC, you know, and, and at their condition. Yeah. But still, it's like, yeah. wow. Anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had some interesting issues. One was um, we got this uh, email from somebody in headquarters or something, and we were all reading. We were reading it at the same time, and people in my building, people were saying, "What are they trying to say here? What is you know?" It was couched in such touchy language, and it mm. turned out that the guys that uh, from India that were the bakers had got really mad about something, and uh, they did some really um, ugly things to the <laughs> to the pastries. Oops. So that yeah, <laughs> of course we were all able to say I I didn't eat any of those pastries. <laughs> uh, wow, so, I've heard of those stories. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. When when you, when you get a bunch of men together, you know it's like totally yeah. Well, it sure can be. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So 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 you've gone to the defect. You've had your breakfast. Yeah. Um, and now and then I come. Go ahead. I come back over to. Uh, the, uh, my office and go in there and uh, start going through my day of uh, updating the uh, website and uh, doing a lot of reading um, and also going to many different websites uh, that might have been might have been similar to mine or completely opposite of mine and finding out just what you know is being said and what was being done out there um, and you know we were also balancing things like uh, their religion, Islam, you know, we weren't allowed to go into any uh, mosque, even if we were Muslim. <laughs> and uh, so you had to really watch and, and, and reread stuff you'd written so that you weren't offending anybody by anything. Uh, so that takes time. And then uh, we would go uh, to lunch. Uh, I think we all went to lunch at the same time, locked up. And uh, and I sometimes we would, we would sit together, sometimes not. Uh, but uh, so we'd have a great lunch, come back, uh, do it again in the afternoon, and then uh, depend on what was going on. Sometimes we'd be, we might stay an extra couple of hours doing something. Um, uh, we had uh, different. Uh, some of the guys had to do different things, uh, different paperwork, uh, and so you might help out doing that. Uh, but then after that. Um, I would go to the gymnasium, which was uh, enormous and open 24 hours a day. Uh, and the, once again, contractors get looks. You know, if you're not there with an army T-shirt on, someone looks at you like, "Who is this?" Mm -hmm. uh, but it was a, you know, it was a, a great, uh, a great thing. Um, there was, um, it was interesting to talk to the contractors. So there were guys that were just handing out towels at the gym, and they were making fifty thousand a year. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, so, and some of them, you know, were making more than others. I had, uh, you might know that there's an Iraqi uh, community in, up around Michigan. Uh, they came down through Canada and uh, were over from Toronto. 
And so they went up there and uh, re- not requisitioned, but they recruited mm-hmm. recruited uh, uh, Iraqi second generation Iraqis who spoke perfect English and perfect Iraqi, mm-hmm. and uh, they're like eighteen year olds because uh, where I lived in my uh, trailer, um, there were two guys, two of them next door to us, but uh, they were making a quarter million dollars. Mm. Yeah, so just to give an idea of like, you know, contracting you know, can be very lucrative. And then if you stayed your whole contract, you got a multi-thousand dollar uh, bonus. Right, So right. Yeah. You know, I, I can see it. Go ahead. Oh, I, I, I can see how the military guys, a lot of, you know, once they found all this out, I, I, I can see how they couldn't wait to get out of the Army and become a contractor. Right. Yeah, right. Well, and some of them to their great disillusionment, and others were like, "Wee-hee! you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it, yeah. It, it just varied and depended. Um, you know, I remember uh, you, when you talked about, uh, you know, the people in the gym and, and some of the other services that were provided. It seems to me that a lot of the supervisors and managers. Uh, a, certainly a majority, if not most, were Americans. You had a few from, say, you know, somewhere in the UK or Western Europe. Uh, and then yeah. the, the people that were actually doing the work tended to be the other nationalities, uh, yeah. all down the line. So, um, so, I mean, that was probably your experience as well. And I'm guessing that everybody that was on your team doing that stuff in the building, uh, were they all Americans? Yes. Okay. And they were all they were all veterans. Okay. Now were yeah. they now were, that that was a DOD contract or was it some other agency? Good question. Um, the contract uh, I had uh, was with with one company, but it got the contract got sold like four times, hmm. and that's you know, that's a whole other um, conversation about how the, the contractors work or how the contracting companies work. They, they, they get themselves a, a government uh, contract with the idea that they'll they'll fill it and staff it, and then uh, they'll sell it to some uh, the next contractor up because mm. they want to you know the more contracts somebody has, the more next time they may get. Mm. So yeah, so it, by the time I got out got uh, got out of it, um, I couldn't even get a W two out of. Uh, my last contractor, you know, it was so convoluted. They had no idea how to get one. Huh. <laughs> yeah. So like, wow. So all that paperwork had been handed off to somebody else and, and one yeah. thing or another. And interesting. Um, and I, I did, they didn't really care about anything except making money. <laughs> and, yeah. Right. Well, you know, and, and there's people out there and, you know, and I can kind of understand from a business perspective, Um, If you're talking strictly business, uh, you know, the bottom line is what matters because without that, nothing else matters because without a profit, without money, uh, you don't have anything. You know, you can't you can't pay the people. You can't buy the supplies, you you know. Uh, So I I understand where they're coming from, but it it can get to a point where it's like, you know, if that's all you're concerned about, um, then that raises a lot of issues and problems and and of course there were plenty of them over there uh and not always just because that's all the companies cared about but uh yeah you know yeah and you know awards 
usually come to an end. And when that happens, the contracts come to an end. So, you know, they want to make them make their money while the sun shines. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, and, and, you know, and, and there's still, you know, those types of contracts out there. There's just fewer of them. The contract yeah. size is probably smaller, um, yeah. you know, right. and there's more people competing for that same job than there were at, at the time that we were doing it. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah. So, um, and I think, you know, one of the things, too, is uh, there's an assumption made that uh, contractors know what they're doing or they'll sink or swim kind of thing. Because uh, when I when I hit the ground uh, in the Mideast, um, you know, I didn't I didn't know anything. These guys, I mean, I you know, I I was trying to carry two duffel bags that were 120 pounds each. Mm. Yeah, and uh, you know, they want you to go over and get on a manifest, and you go back over there, and no, you're not you're not you know slated to go out the next day, and you're trying to find a tent to sleep in, and nobody will give you any information. They just you know, it's like well, work it out. Yeah. So. If it's you know your first time doing that kind of thing, just you can't be prepared. But you know, just relax. <laughs> right. Well, it certainly can be like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, again, it it depends on the area that you're going into, what the temple is at the time, yeah. uh, and you know, to some extent, uh, how how efficient, how knowledgeable are the people that are processing you through. Um, yeah, I mean, so, right. so there's a lot of factors that go into it. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, you know and, go ahead. I should say the contractor is not exactly on the bottom rung of the ladder, but um, you know, if somebody can, can get away with not, you know, helping them out, uh, they will definitely say. Sure. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, and, and and there's there's a there's is an amount of that that goes on. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, and it's kind of like that <clears throat> that conversation about. You know, people being people, and it almost yeah. doesn't matter where they come from. Uh, people are people. Some are good, some are yeah. bad. Some some care, and some don't. Um, yeah. Some can be persuaded or swayed the other way, and others can't. Um, yeah. You know, but you, you know, but that is. I don't know if I'd call it an important topic, but it, it, it kind of almost is. You know, yeah. I never really thought about it as a sink or swim kind of thing, but it kind of almost is. We used to just call it big boy yeah. rules, and maybe it oh, is right. a sink or swim mentality because. Uh, there's so much going on, and yeah. you know, you hear. You used to, I used to hear this a lot. It's kind of like you know, looking out for number one. <laughs> it's like, <Yeah. laughs> wow, yeah. dude, you know. And so, yeah, if you're not used to it, if if you haven't experienced it, yeah. um, it, it's it's always a good thing when you could find somebody that took an active interest, even if even if the only reason they helped you out. And, and, and made sure that you didn't misstep was because they had to go through the same thing. And, and so they kind of felt <clears throat> like they had to, you know, they owed it to somebody to do the same thing that someone had done for them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so, so that was really kind of an individual thing. I know I took, I, I did that. Um, I wouldn't go yeah. so far as to say I did it with everybody that was new. Um, you know, cause some new people is like, you know, you really shouldn't be here. <laughs> you know? <Right>. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but, uh, you know that is an that is something that yeah. uh, that that people that are considering contracting um, yes. that is something that, to consider if especially when we're talking contracting in another country a country other than yours yeah. uh, you don't have the support system that you have here and you can no. call up and you can cry 
to somebody at home, <laughs> but it's not going to yeah. do anything, you know. No. And, and if you Literally, do that, yeah. and if you do that in country, <laughs> they're oh, forget it. <laughs> <they're> right. <laughs> yeah, there was there were some some moments like when we were living in that tent. Uh, Christmas came around, and I was. I guess I was in bed reading or something, and they, I could hear a, a father at the end of the tent on Skype, and, and he was uh, talking about how uh, they'd spotted Santa Claus going over, you know, Iraq, and he's on his way to his kids, you know, and it was really like, oh man, this could you could write a book about, you know, this thing. Huh. Uh, yeah, it was really, really touching. Right, I'll bet. Uh, that's interesting. I remember, uh, I think maybe it was the first year. After I stopped contracting, I forget what they call it, but every year now since then, uh, they got, uh, I want to say Christmas Eve on the 24th, oh. uh, some company, I don't know who does it. Uh, I used to know, but uh, my wife and kids made a big deal about, you know, being able to track Santa as he went around the world oh. delivering gifts. Right. There's a yeah. website that you can go to. And I, and yeah. that's kind of cool. I kind of liked watching it. You know, yeah. And then I'd kick, start poking my head into our, our living room, and go, uh, you know. <laughs> I mean, you kind of get into it. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that you, I'm pretty sure it's still out of uh, Colorado at uh, Cheyenne Mountain. The big <clears throat> Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I and when I heard that, I said, No kidding, they're doing it. They said, Yeah. I said, No, isn't that something? I mean, that's just really yeah. cool. Yeah. It's a. Uh, and, and you are right. What I, people don't understand is I try to tell them, I say, that the Army or Air Force or Navy, I said, these are the people in your neighborhood. They just happen to wear a uniform. You know, yeah. People people get down on – or they, they talk about the Army as like one big mass or something. I'm going, no, no, they're just – it's a job, you know? Right. Um, yeah. Well, for some it's a calling, but, yeah, I mean – Yeah. But you make an important point that uh, – they're the men and women that you sometimes pass in the grocery store or yeah. that you see at the fueling station when you're going to fill up your vehicle. Uh, yeah. They're the people you see at church. Uh, you know, yeah. they're, I mean, essentially, they're not any different than you, me, or the person next door. They they just yeah. have a little bit maybe a calling, maybe a little bit more patriotic um, and, and those sorts yeah. of things, and they feel a, a need to serve. Uh, yeah. But beyond those sorts of characteristics and traits that you know they're, they're yeah they're just you know but i just thought yeah. that was really cool when i found out there was a military unit doing it and I went oh man that's really yeah. cool i really like so did you guys ever do anything like that uh there in iraq i mean was that part of your mission or did you do it in your spare time or was yours all just you know no actually since we were you know the, the war was a 24 hour a day occupation for for everybody um Christmas just kind of came and went. Uh, most of the time, uh, the enlisted guys I uh, saw rarely saw they were uh, they were on their computers figuring out their VA benefits. Hmm. You know, but once they got out of the army, uh, they the uh, as you probably know the Camp Victory was broken down into almost like cities, so that uh, they had what they called a mayor of the city, even though he was a you know commissioned officer. But I went over there one time to, I think, change money or something, and uh, I noticed all this stuff that civilian people here in the United States were sending to the troops, and the troops uh, weren't picking it up. They just went to the PX and bought a candy bar. Hmm. Yeah, so these things, uh, I don't know why they don't get talked about, but they don't. Uh, 
and Christmas, no, we had big, big Christmas uh, thing at the dining facility. But other than that, uh, nobody was didn't seem to be homesick or anything. Right. Well, yeah. I, I think I think deep down inside, uh, a lot of guys really, um, especially if they had family, you know, like oh, you know, a wife and yeah. kids. I think a lot of them did deep down inside. It's just that we went out of our way to not really bring it up and make much about it because, you know, we all kind of were in the yeah. same boat. We all, you know, and the last thing we needed was, you know, getting guys thinking about it and getting their heads yeah. in, in, in the wrong frame of mind. And, That's true. Um, you know, and, and it's interesting when you talk about the uh, the holidays, the various holidays that come and go through the year, not including, uh, you know, birthdays and other stuff like that. Yeah. But, uh you know, it seemed to me that the folks that staffed the uh, the defects went out of their way to try and recognize those things and make them a little bit more special than, than the everyday um, trips to the defect. Uh, oh, yeah. And sometimes it was pretty elaborate. It just depended on where you were. But yeah. because for the most part, let's be honest, I mean, they are special occasions. They are special times. And the people know that. Um yeah. You know, and, and and they're trying to you know, you know, get your mind off things and give you a little home because you know yeah. it's those times you really start to miss, you know, what's going on back there, and the folks yeah. that haven't been out there and done it, uh, I mean, they can't understand, they can't know, and uh, you know, guys like me try not to give them a hard time about it, but it's like you know, <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, no, those were special times, um, yeah, and, and I give great credit to the to the DFAC staff for, for, for doing what they did to try and make those, uh, you know, create that sense of home yeah. feeling for everybody. Yeah. And, you know, and for the most part, and I remember a lot of guys getting over their hard feelings towards certain people that maybe they didn't care about. And they would, you know, like if a guy couldn't leave his post, somebody would go out and pick up a meal for him and take it back to him. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, yeah that, uh, it was, um, and of course, you, you don't. While you're while you are experiencing it, you know you don't really grasp it that much. But once you get home and you look back on all the memories, it's like, wow, that was amazing. Right? Yeah. 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 So I mean, and there's plenty of plenty of you know stuff that went on tomfoolery that we could, you know, oh, yeah. uh, you know. And it's not like I'm trying to stay away from that. So I mean, if you've got something in particular that you think is is appropriate, go ahead and throw it out there. But I'm, you know, for the most part, I mean, it's it just it's what it was. And, yeah. and what happened happened, and I mean, there's all kinds of stories. We could talk about all kinds of stuff, and people oh, go, sure. "Wow, man, what are you guys doing?" <laughs> you know? No, <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, it, it, you, anyway. Go yeah, ahead. Have you ever watched watched any of those YouTube videos that guys made over there? Uh, you know, when they had downtime uh, in Iraq. Oh, uh, like, I'm sure I did, but none of them come yeah. to mind. Okay, I, I was thinking about it. there's ones where they they uh, lip sync, you know, a song, and then they choreograph all this stuff. Oh, okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I yeah. have seen some of those. Yeah, those those are just incredible. It takes me right back to you know back to it because uh, they guys just you know made the best of it. They, they right. had fun. <laughs> right. Well, and you kind of have to. I mean, uh, you know. I, <laughs> I mean, I can recall some pretty cramped quarters and, uh, you know, I mean, and, and you're really there for the job and the room and everything else is just there to sustain you and keep you going uh, so you can get back on your feet and go do your job again. Um, but, you know, it's it, it's 
you know, when you talk about inappropriate things, I mean, it, it happened a lot over there. But one that comes to mind, yeah. and I won't go into detail because this is not about me, but I remember uh, people might remember it. I think it was a DC-10 or, I think, or a 747. I think it was a 747. Oh, okay. that, and it was an air cargo plane i don't remember if it was a brand and i don't want to get it wrong so i won't mention the name in case it's the wrong company uh but it was lifting off out of bagram and i just happened to be driving around the perimeter road at that time and i think there was one other person in the vehicle with me and i just happened to look over my shoulder as we're passing the airfield and it had an awful lot of trouble and i'm going that doesn't look good but people might remember that's the one that that lost its airlift. The cargo had shifted, which is what okay. we figured. It rolled over and did the death spiral into the ground, and we saw that happen. And I don't know, fifteen, thirty minutes later, because we were going back to our our base for something, our camp. Yeah. And uh, by the time we got there, uh, people were talking about that already being released to YouTube on video. Jeez. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Oh. And so, yeah, so that's what I'm, I'm just saying. So those are the sorts of things that, you know, I mean, there's, I mean, we've, we've got countless stories we could tell about things that we thought were inappropriate, shouldn't have been done. Uh, And that's a different magnitude. But um, anyway, when I think of videos and inappropriate, for some reason, I mean, that'll never leave my mind, you know, and we drove over there before. No. I think we actually drove over to the site, the scene where it crashed before we went back to our, our camp because we were en route. Yeah. We diverted because we thought, what if they need help? We didn't know. Yeah. And, of course, when you know you get over there and, and there's not a whole lot left and it's just a smoldering fire, it's like, wow. <laughs> oh, uh, anyway, so um, I digress. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, and other things too. You know, you'll the first general order. Uh, you know, will say you can, there's no uh, no pornography, no sex, no booze, no on and on and on. And then you find out there is. Uh, <laughs> you find out the, that the the really pretty Filipino girls that that handle the the furniture uh, also handle alcohol uh, coming into the camp and other things as well. And and and, oh, it's, yeah. and it's not. I mean, th- that's certainly a segment of it, but there's there's plenty of uh, yeah. people from you know numerous nationalities that that engage in such activities. But uh, yeah, no, yeah, I remember seeing guys, you know, you know, show me stuff in their baggage and the luggage. It's like, wow, <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, know. you know, and it's like we don't even know each other that well. It's like, why is he showing me this? Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you know. Uh, you know. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm sure you saw it too, but, uh, so, so it, it's easy to get wrapped up in that stuff and, and, yeah. get, and, and go off the rails, if you will. It, it's an easy trap, if you will. Um, yeah, sure is. uh, and, and uh, you know, I'll just leave it at that, but it, it's yeah. cause there's, yeah. So, uh, you know, when, when, when those are things that for the most part, unless it was just cross that line. I, uh, when I had to be on the lookout for it, I just kind of like, you know, tried to look the other way. It's kind of like, well, you know, we are where we are. Yeah. And, uh, everybody's got to have the release. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, it was, uh, and uh, contractors may not really, uh, grasp that when they first go into it. Right. Know. It's going to be, 
uh, really different. Well, it is, you know, and I've talked with, uh, interestingly, here lately, I've you know, had more conversations with uh, police types that have uh, gone over and done their contracting thing, and they have an interesting spin and take on it, and they're like anybody else. You know, some look the other way, others, you know, don't, yeah. but, uh, uh, yeah, it's, so the, yeah, the, so. So, so for you, when you went over yeah. there, um, you were in Kuwait and Iraq. Can you explain yeah. to the tell people uh, that are listening from from your perspective, your experience, uh, what were the differences that you experienced between Iraq and Kuwait um, in terms of working or living? Well, uh, this is something I'll I'll talk about too because um, I spent six years in Tunisia. Uh, in the United States, we tend to think of that as just the Middle East, but all of those countries are totally different. In fact, yep. Tunisians cannot understand Moroccans. They can't understand Saudi Arabians. Hmm. So they're all individual. And uh, you get to, uh, like, Kuwait, uh, that place was – I mean, I've, except in movies, I've never seen a dust storm like that. Right. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you, you know, you want to start running or something. Yeah. So uh, it was uh, – it wasn't that much different as far as the American thing went, as far as how they were operating in Kuwait. The uh, the, the civilians in, in Kuwait are a lot different than Iraq and in Tunisia, of course. Um, they they some of the really wealthy ones would do really strange things, like they would uh, the women were actually driving. They would get in their Mercedes and put the accelerator down and, until they ran into something. They didn't know how to stop. Huh. Yeah. Nobody, nobody told him it's the big pedal on the left. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> they had so much oil money that it didn't matter. They just get a new car. Wow. Know? Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, in in Iraq, uh, uh, General Petraeus, uh, you know, every day we'd go through this stuff about uh, getting the uh, energy and the electricity up and going, and uh, then of course somebody would come along and and uh, take it down, but. Then what happened was uh, some enterprising Iraqi guy uh, started selling generators so people would not even use the grid, uh, mm. which was very frustrating because, you know, Petraeus was going to all this effort to, to get that up and going and, and get civilization back. So, But everybody had a I – mean, every two or three houses had a, had a gas generator, and so that's what they used for electricity. Mm. And, uh, you, you know, you run into those things, you think, well – why don't we just do this? Obviously, they'll they'll hook into the grid. No, not at all. It's uh, he he was he did did a lot to get things going. Uh, I suppose it'll come out in the history books in 30 years. Um, as well as I saw some things that I wouldn't talk about, um, but they were. Um, you know, people over here were going on about how the the war was uh, not a failure, but that Bush, you know, everything he said was going on there. There wasn't this going on or that going on. And when I got there, it sure was going on. Uh, mm. But it was just a you know a political morass. It just uh, and then there was another thing too, where all these different countries like Australia and other ones would say, "Oh no, we're you know we're not in the." fighting in the war at all well no they weren't but they were all all these different countries were there they were running motor pools they were doing all sorts of support things mm. but in in public they were saying oh no we're not in iraq 
So, yeah, it, you know, it, uh, it's something you never encountered before. So that, that was a great thing for me. So would you, the, the term that I've heard before, and it kind of makes sense, would you say then that fits with uh, the disconnect uh, between what people heard, saw, and read here in the States and other countries versus what we heard, saw, and read for the people that were there. Yes, exactly. And, of course, if I was talking to somebody about this, you know, they'd say, you have a top-secret clearance. You will not talk about any of this. It's like because my, my kids will say, like, you know, did you kill anybody over there? <laughs> and I said, well, I, I can't tell you if I did or not. Right. <laughs> you know? Well, and, that, and that's interesting you bring that up uh, because a lot of guys I know are concerned about that and one thing or another, and, yeah. you know, and others aren't. It just depends on the person. But, you know, I remember uh, early on in my contracting, a fellow that I knew, I won't mention his name, but he said, you know, it's not a secret if it's out there in the public domain. Okay. If it's oh, okay. in the libraries, if it's online, oh, right. if it's yeah. been released. It, it, it's not a secret. Now, should you talk about it? That's up to you. But it's no longer a secret. It, it's out yeah, there. Right. Um, so, you, you know, just like me, I, you know, I, I talk about what I can talk about. I go into the detail yeah. that I can go into. But beyond that, and there's some things that, you know, I don't bring up or don't talk about. And, and, yeah. and, and when I do, I'm probably about as clear as mud. You know, but there's reasons for it. So there are just some things that we don't go into, and that's fine. That's understandable. But, uh, yeah. you know, for the rest of it, it's like, what? No, are you kidding? You know? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? I said, Google it. It's right there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? When I came back, I think Facebook was pretty revved up. And I, I saw any number of, of guys that, um, you know, people, they would say they were in in Iraq, and then they get all these haters you know, uh, saying things to them, and, and their only comment was, "If, uh, if, we're, if you weren't in Iraq, then shut the f up." Huh. You know, because they were saying you don't know what you're talking about. You know, you weren't there. Right. You know? Well, well, I mean, there is something to be said about that. I mean, you know, it's kind of like the the you know the conversation to have with some guys, where it's, you know, to sum it up, it's it, it's something like this where. You know, you can have this grandiose title and you can have five, six, seven degrees and this and that, you know, because you went to yeah. college and you got all this. And that's great. But you've read somebody else's work and research and material that's been copied and copied and copied and, and they changed it all around. And if you look in the, in you know, in the bibliography and all the other stuff, it, it's pulled from, from, you know, tens or dozens of other sources you know, and so that's great. You you're reciting what other people have told other people have told other people have told other people at infinitum. Yeah. Okay, um, yeah. but until you actually experience it, try to make it a yeah. practical thing, then come talk to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know? yeah. So and and I'm not putting down or disparaging anybody that's got a degree because I've got a couple of them myself. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm simply saying it's it's it's. When you get a little bit older and a little bit more experienced, you realize it was a good starting point. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It, uh, yeah, they, uh, you know, things. I think that's what they were. I think that's what these guys are harkening to. That's all I want yeah. to say. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the things that, uh, like at the gymnasium one time, uh, 
and of course it was open 24 hours a day and so this guy came in and uh, or came out of the gym and boom uh, a random bullet killed him he was just walking out the door so hmm. there are things things that happen that you know you think oh boy this is uh this is adding a whole new dimension to my life oh yeah well the pressures yeah. and the stresses of, of living working in, in that environment um yeah you, you try to take it in stride you try not to let that stuff bother or worry you, you try not to think about it because it'll drive you nuts and, and you'll ask for a plane ticket home within a week uh yeah. you know so you just put it out of your mind and, and some of us uh the term i've used we kind of become blase about it you know yeah. not a death yeah, wish like... not a death wish no, just you know, but we become blase about it. I mean, how many times have yeah. we driven here or walked there, and motors yeah. or rockets are coming in, and we just keep on walking or driving? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, you do. You know, sometimes you have to do your immediate action drills, but beyond that, it's like yeah. you know, it's that's normal for us. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? It seemed like about you know a thousand guys in the mess hall, you know, drop to the floor when it says infantry. You know, and all those rifles <laughs> everywhere. Right. Well, you know, maybe yeah. maybe I just wasn't thinking right, but I just I was one of those guys that's like I just kept on eating. Um, right. If I was outside walking yeah. and everybody's running for the bunker, I just kept on walking. It's like yeah. yeah. I mean, I how many how many times and how many stories have you heard about the guys that went for the bunker and that 105 hit there anyway? <laughs> you know, and everybody died. So. Uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> my, yeah, my roommate and I, one night, he was a former major, I don't forget what his MOS was, but he, uh, the, the siren went off and, uh, you know, we jumped out of bed and we kind of stood there and looked at each other and we said, you know, well, if it hits our trailer, we will never know it, you know, right. so we just went back to bed. Well, isn't that the truth? And, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and. and... I'm not sure how it sounds, but that is that is what I'm talking about. That's just kind of the mindset you have to take with you. If it happens, hopefully it'll be that quick, and you'll never know it happened. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know. but I, I suppose there are some people, some guys or whatever, that have certain personalities that really just can't handle that. Right. Um, and I guess you you have to stop and really do a self evaluation before you take on any contracting situation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, and you, so now, okay, so you, you mentioned Tunisia, Kuwait, and Iraq. So the folks that are listening, uh, can you tell them you spent this much time here and that much time there? <clears throat> yeah, I didn't spend too much time. What I mean by that, um uh, matter of weeks in Kuwait, and um, then uh, the rest of the time in uh, in Camp Victory or uh, or uh, in a certain amount of time up at uh, the green zone at uh, headquarters, um, and they seem to get uh, more mortars coming in on them than mm. anybody. So sitting in a or living in a transient tent uh, for a while, and uh, that was uh, it's like yeah, I'll be happy to get out of this place. <laughs> uh, yeah. The only thing is, if you had a friend in the uh, the uh, embassy or State Department, uh, you could go in on Friday afternoon because they had a bar. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's just incredible uh, what the State Department uh, does. 
Well, I remember, I remember there was a time when guys were saying, yeah, you know, the number one reason for wanting to get a, a, a DOS, get on a DOS contract is so you could drink. <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> it's like wow. wow, really guys? <laughs> yeah. No kidding. You know, I mean, that was kind of a joke, I, but who knows? Yeah. Maybe some of them were serious. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, know. so, so your, your time in Tunisia and the work you did there, how was that different and what were your experiences there? Yeah, that Tunisia, of course, uh, some people, Americans have short memories and I'm one of them, but uh, they had what they called the Arab Spring and that started in Tunisia where some poor PhD, no, maybe he was a lawyer, a law student or something, set himself on fire because there was no work for him. So that, they kicked the dictator out then. To, uh, he went to, uh, and that, that's another story, mm. awful, awful situation. But so then they decided, or somebody decided they were going to put in a democracy or a republic, and uh, they had no idea how to do it. And besides that, the the uh, the ways democracies work are not always in line with Islam. Right. So you can't just slap down a, a constitution like we have because um, it's just totally different. So we had they had a lot of what they called uh, NGOs, non-government organizations. Mm. They weren't weren't necessarily uh, non-profit at all, but they were contract type work. And what we were trying to do is, like I had a friend that was trying to teach the government constitutional law. Mm. Uh, and that kind of thing. So any number of people um, and their boss might have been located in Turkey. Uh, they'd have to fly to Turkey for meetings, uh, then come back. Or they would be, say, ahead of a, a, an office in Tunisia. And the Tunisians, uh, you know, they'd, they'd call, call a meeting and nobody would show up. Mm. And they, they uh, <clears throat> yeah, a lot of them, you know, just took another job somewhere out of this total frustrations because that's just not the way Islam works. Um, yeah, they don't have anything called calendar integrity. And it, what we used to call that means being on time. Um, or they'd call me and say, oh, my mother's sick. I'm not coming in today. <laughs> it's hmm. like, what? Yeah, no, very little sense of getting ahead. In fact, uh, it's in the Quran too, but if you're if you wake up and you're born or you're born into a, a family and they're really not well to do uh it's not considered that you should try to get ahead it's like hmm. that's what you were born into that's probably it's fine that's what god wanted or allah uh so it's a as a contractor in a situation like that it gets really uh really difficult um the same thing with armenia now that's the country God has forgotten um, because the Russians, the Russians would like have Armenia build uh, automobile engines and they would have uh, another middle or another uh, country that they were over that would build the, the shell of the car. And so when that all broke up, nobody knew how to build a car. They knew how to build a car engine in, in Armenia, but they didn't know how to do anything else. So then it, you know, they just became uh, poverty-stricken. I was living with a family, and <clears throat> we had—I mean, this is like it's supposed to be a, a real country. We had uh, 
you could, there was no store. So you said, oh, I'm going to go buy a Coke or something. There was no place to buy it. Mm. You had to, yeah. <clears throat> they had they had uh, squat toilets. The water ran constantly. And, of course, the sewage system was the river down below. And then um, you could, when you went to take a shower, uh, you had to, like, take little branches and sticks to heat the water. Mm. <laughs> and go all over the house, turning off all the spigots. And then turn your shower on because if, uh, or, or else you wouldn't have because the water ran out of every spigot all the time because they didn't have such a thing as a pressure gauge, so the plumbing would blow up if you turned everything off. Mm. So just to give you know a, a contracting, just to give a view of what it's like when you volunteer to contract. Um, you're gonna, you may not know how you're gonna have to live. Uh, Right, we call that the yeah. hard, the hardcore or the real contractors. Uh, I've oh, spoke right. with a, I've spoke with a few of them that, you know, uh, what you talk about. I mean, we're, we're talking, yeah. uh, you know, it's not politically correct, but second, third world countries. Oh yeah, There's still that are not yeah. industrialized, they're not developed, or they're very slow too, and yeah. uh, typically there, there's a lot of corruption in those yeah, countries. Yeah. Um, and so when you go there, you're not going to have, uh, some people may not even recognize it. And, 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 and some definitions, you couldn't even call it support, <laughs> you know? No. No. <laughs> uh, so what you're talking about is, is, could be a very real thing, but those typically aren't the new guys that are doing it though, right? Uh, not unless they're crazy enough to volunteer for it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, although. I've always been probably uh, this is probably some kind of psychopathology, but I've always been a, one of those people that runs in where angels fear to tread. Hmm. Uh, even when I was, you know, in high school, it, it uh, just a certain kind of personality uh, that's probably a little too too, too much risk taking. Hmm. Uh, yeah. I, so, but yeah, in in Armenia, I, one night I was reading in bed, and the the light bulb just exploded all over my bed. Huh. And it, it was an energy surge, whatever that is. You know, so I just put the book down and I thought to myself, well, I guess it's time to go to sleep. Well, at least you didn't think it was it was some demonic possession thing going on. I mean, uh, exactly. Right. Something really unusual. Really unusual. <laughs> right. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, we, we get power surges here in America, but you're talking, that's something on, on a whole different level. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I could, well, like, you know, like all adventures, you can, I could tell you a million stories like that. Uh, yeah. Well, so, we've we got a few, we've got a few more minutes here. If, if you want to share okay. one or two, go ahead. Okay. I was thinking, um, um, in Tunisia, um, they, they only speak French, and I speak French. But uh, so if you don't, if you're going on a contracting thing, like someplace like Tunisia, really research it because if you, if you didn't speak French or speak Tunisian, which is just a variable of Arabic, uh, you know, you'd really be out of luck. They don't, mm. they don't speak English. Yeah, so you uh, you really need to kind of watch that because you could fall into something that you didn't expect. Uh, Sure. That was some, something that IBM, if, if the programmers could not fix a program, 
we would put the statement, if you push this button, you may get results you don't expect. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. We all knew what that meant. So it's much the same way. Um, and, and the customs, you know, like I got, like I probably told you, I read the Koran twice. And um, if you're getting, going to a country where there's, you know, really different culture, uh, you really, you know, research it at least on the Internet because um, they, uh, you know, they literally, well, we all heard about this in, in Saudi Arabia every Friday. The con- I knew contractors that had worked there. And they would go to what they call Chop Chop Square, where they cut people's hands off, cut their fingers off, uh, you know, for things like stealing bread. Hmm. And uh, and so you really need to know what you're getting into, I think. Um, it's not difficult to, to get past it, particularly, uh, unless you're a person that has really strict boundaries of some sort. Uh, but uh, those are uh, the things that – being a contractor overseas is, is really difficult. Uh, I, I think if people that are, have never gone over to anywhere, because you can find contracting jobs in, in England and Scotland, everywhere. Uh, they're all over the place. Uh, and if you have just enough skills, you probably will get the job. But they, uh, those places too, I don't know if you've ever been to England, but England is not the United States. Yeah. It's its culture is just as different as Germany or yeah because when I was in Germany uh, of course they tried to tried to you know handle me and so when they heard my last name they thought it was German it's not just English hmm. and they said and then when I told them I was a uh, Anglican or Church of England they said um, oh that's Catholic that's Catholic and you know, I was going okay. You know, whatever. If that's what you feel about it, hmm. but it, you know, I didn't. There's no reason to fight it. It's just like kind of just relax and slide into it. <laughs> well, you know that that's that is. Uh, you hearkened on some really good points there, um, and that so many people, when you're talking with them, you know, they talk about their vacation here. They talk about their vacation there, and how yeah. wonderful it was. They got all these pictures. And that's great. You went on the tourist thing. You stayed on the tourist path. You had a guide or whatever. And, yeah. you know, and then, you know, they talk about the culture and this, that one thing, another. And, well, okay, you got, you know, you got the, yeah. the Fifth Avenue presentation. Yeah. Um, you know, next time when you go over there, you know, if you met somebody that likes you, go over there and spend a yeah. few weeks with them and just go about, you know, their daily life out there. And I bet you, you're probably going to go, you know what? I should have been better prepared. So, yeah. but, but, but so the point I'm making is that what you hearkened on is people should do a dive or a deep dive, but at least a dive into the culture of the place they're going to go to, whether it's even just Canada, uh, but Mexico, oh, yeah. Central America, South America, Africa, wherever you're going, yeah. you should yeah. study up on that and really, really figure out what you get yourself into so you're a little bit better prepared. Yep. And I, I, I don't remember one anecdote. I was on a safari one time in Africa, in East Africa, and uh, we were going through national parks, and which meant we were crossing borders, including Uganda. Hmm. And uh, I was with some Germans, Germans, and uh, so that um, there's only six of us, I think. And so they, uh, 
we when we went through Uganda, that was really rough times, probably still rough times. But uh, you know, they all went through into what was then Tanganyika, not Tanzania, hmm. and because they were Germans, Germans colonized Tanzania uh, at one time. Um, so they let them go through, and this this guard, this is like a Rod Steiger movie or something. He had a Barrett light bulb hanging down to the ceiling. He just had a table. He had a, a Mao Zedong hat, you know, a Chinese communist hat with a red star. Hmm. And he's, he he took my passport and he took it and just threw it across the table and hit the floor. And it was like, oh my, you know, here we go. Ah. And he, he he was like, what are you doing here? And I said, or yeah, he's. I said, well, I uh, I was actually I was an officer in the army, of course. I said, I, I was I'm a school teacher in Germany. <laughs> And so I talked my way out of that, ah. but yeah, just unexpected things you have to watch for, not watch for, but maybe it, maybe it helps that I probably, uh, if I had to uh, uh, get up on a stage and uh, and be an actor, I don't know. <laughs> I, I just, uh, I've done, yeah, I've never done that, but uh, <laughs> I usually am able to, to worm my way out of most everything. Right. Well, I mean, sometimes, you, yeah, you do got to be kind of and you learn to be quick on your feet um, yes. or at least say, you know, you learn to say what you need to say um, and do to get yourself out of those precarious situations because you don't have no. your friends behind you to back you up. You know, no. you, don't, or you, you don't you don't have the cavalry. Right. No. Yeah. No. Um, and, and those could be scary times. Uh, and yeah. people have gotten caught up and and. Gone oh, to jail man. and and st- and stayed yeah. there a while. Uh, yeah, and a lot yeah, of it goes I unreported. Hear. Yep, and uh, you know, uh, Tunisia is um, right right in there with Libya. It's right next door to it on one side, and uh, that's real dicey now. Libya and uh, Egypt too. And I, I was in Egypt in a flight, you know, changing flights the next day or whatever. And people say, oh, we're just scared about getting killed. I said, no, you don't understand. They want to kidnap you. You're an American. <laughs> uh, they think they're going to get ransom. You know? I was like, oh, boy. So, you know, I wasn't worried about being shot. I was valuable material. Right. But, um, wow. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was going to ask, you know, for the, and you just told folks, I was going to ask where, if you could tell them where Tunisia is located, but uh, you did that. Right. right. Yeah, it's on the. If you look at the Mediterranean, it's up at the North Africa, right? The very north coast of uh, the Mediterranean, and so on one side is um, Libya, on the I guess that would be the west, eastern side, and mm-hmm. then on the uh, western side is um, I can't think of it, but you can't go there. Americans can't. And then there's Morocco. Uh, oh, Algeria, that's the one. Okay. Uh, I, uh, and then Morocco and. Uh, and then it goes on up to um, Egypt and Syria, which is are places you don't really want to go at all. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 so the places you've spent time in, do you have one that you remember fondly, or one that you liked or enjoyed more than the other, or it's kind of like you know, I did uh, my time, I'll never go back. Paris, France. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's a fantastic uh, culture. Huh. But uh, otherwise, uh, the um, places that I've been, yeah, like Iraq, I didn't, I didn't mind that at all. Um, mm. I could have stayed another year. And um, trying to think, uh, 
of course, East Africa. I was on vacation, but it, it's 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 just out of the movie. There's a movie out of Africa, and it's just exactly like that. I, mean, huh. I watched watched the movie and saw these places. I know exactly where they were at. And, huh. uh, yeah, but now it's uh, real dicey to go there. Uh, that, that comes and goes, I guess. Um, sure. Yeah. Wow. Um, so it's um. Uh, but uh, if if you're a person that uh, gets nervous about you know things not well like this I'm like when I was in Tunisia and I um, went if something came in and they they looked at the import tag and it said something that they thought was suspicious you had to go over to this main post office and that was a pain and then you had to because all these guys that were getting goods in imported goods to sell themselves were there and true to Mideastern form, they're all yelling and laughing. And, and and so I went in and I, uh, I was going to get my package and this guy comes out in a uniform, some customs guy, and he's going, no, no, you can't come in here with shorts on. Hmm. <laughs> I was like, what? You know, it's really hot outside. So I thought, okay, I'm not going to go without getting my package. And so I went out to the guard front in the guard uh, booth and I, I told the guys what was going on I, and so I gave him uh, 10 dinars which is like about five, maybe four dollars for him to take his pants off and give them to me <laughs> yes and I walked back in and I had pants on and all these Tunisian guys that were in there just they were laughing like cause they, they weren't laughing at me they just thought the whole thing was so ludicrous and of uh. course it was because once I got my package it was I mean, I don't. I guess people know what this is. It was nothing but a coping saw. Huh. A little, yeah. <clears throat> and this woman was like, you know, looking at it back and forth, and she was. I guess she thought it might be a weapon or something. <laughs> and so this guy came over and in French he was saying, "Oh, it's, it's for the artiste, you know, it's, it's for arts and crafts type thing." Hmm. So you you run into stuff that you think, "My God!" Uh, but like I say, what what can they do? Throw me in jail. <laughs> well, I guess that's the worst thing. That, yeah, I suppose if you look yeah. at it, what's the worst thing that can happen? And and yeah. and, a, and if you're okay with it, then there you go. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Patrick, I gotta say, uh, we gotta put the brakes on this okay. here soon. But uh, I mean, we could we could talk, you know, for oh, for know. hours. Yeah. Um, so be, before I forget, before we move on to the end here, uh, I I hope you you'll be amenable and willing uh, at some point in the future to come back and do this again. Oh sure. Uh, excellent. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, final thoughts. Um, you know, a parting, a, a parting yeah. statement. Do you have anything, uh, pearl of wisdom, you'd like to leave everybody with? Well, if you're really intent on on getting it into the uh, contracting uh, gig, uh, you, and to make it work, uh, I'd, I'd say be. Of course, I've said this before. Be flexible. Uh, because uh, it's not about you, it's about them. And uh, do what you're asked to do and probably continually uh, learn any of the skills on the job that you can uh, because that's that's gonna be your next uh, big gig if you have lots of skills. Hmm. And then if you can, make contacts. So that I have, you know, in my my contact list, I have all these people around the world that uh, I became friends with, and they are contacts. So I could I could easily just write them an email and say, "What about this?" And they'd say, "Yeah, like, we can work it out." Uh, you have to be 
not have to be, but it helps to be an extrovert. <laughs> <laughs> At least not afraid to, to strike up a conversation and talk with people. Oh, no. Yeah. No, I would. I can't, I can't tell you the conversations I've had with taxi drivers in Tunisia. Huh. You know, just incredible stuff. Um, you know, they'd go, oh, yeah, my brother, he lives in New Jersey. You know, I said, oh, that's huh. interesting. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so, uh, but I would, I would definitely uh, tell people that if they're thinking about doing uh, contract work, to to do it, just jump in, hmm. because I found it uh, so much fun. Uh, you, you'll experience things you nobody will ever experience, but you. Uh, yeah. Right. So, no. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I I, I agree 100. Uh, <clears> percent <throat> So I want to thank – so for everybody who's listening, uh, I want to thank my, my guest uh, for, for uh, taking the time out of his, uh, his day to come on and talk with me, Mr. Patrick Batch Elder. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, he's uh, – for the folks that are listening, thank you very much for taking the time out of your day to uh, listen to another episode of Oconus, the Contractor's Life. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Uh, remember to be careful what you wish for, folks. Stay frosty, and until next time, keep it real. <laughs>